You are listening to Ear Cookie, a new podcast series by Asteroid Berlin. Welcome to the first episode of Ear Cookie. In this podcast, we are talking about what-if situations. This episode is about what if immediate knowledge exchange was possible. So, what if immediate knowledge exchange was possible? <laughs> I think it's important first to ask what do you understand in immediate knowledge exchange? Um, what I had as a, as a, as a fantasy uh, when I was a kid, I was like, what if I could just open my brain and then put something in it like my classes, courses, my books, and then I will learn everything. Or I would hold someone's hands and immediately get what is in their brain. Okay. Like, I had always this fantasy. Um, I had a bit of a different fantasy. I wanted, when I was a kid, to get a USB, like, <laughs> plug behind my ear or something to, um, to get knowledge in so that I could just, like, download something yeah. and put it in my, in my brain. And... Also, I had that book. I think most of the uh, little kids in France read it. Um, it was it was called Marmalade of Classes, something like that. Okay. And it was basically a little boy cooking his books, cooking his classes, ah. like shredding them in little pieces and cooking them um, in a pot until the, he has marmalade and eating it like on his bread <laughs> to get his knowledge from his classes. And it would work. And... Like, I think everyone tried to eat his classes or her classes after that. <laughs> not really healthy, though, but... No, no, especially not with the um, ink in it. But yeah, I always wanted to learn faster with the minimum um, amount of um, effort Efforts, possible, yeah. basically. I think, I think this is a human nature that we want to um, get the most with the little effort that we want to spend on yeah. anything. But um, do you think it would be possible? At some point? I think I think we will end up managing doing that. But we have to understand really how the messages in the brain are functioning. And I don't think it will happen with hand contact or USB sticks. <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, hopefully the USB, as we know them, will also not appear or <laughs> exist uh, by the time we're doing that. But I always wondered as well, like, normally when you teach something to someone, yeah. you are duplicating it. Like, you keep mm. your knowledge but you also teach it to someone who's going to get that knowledge. And it's one of the worst things where you can do that. Like, the more you talk about it, the more you sh spread it. Your knowledge, yeah. And the more you actually, the more they actually are knowledge. Yeah. And it's not something that you can, like, um, divide into pieces mm. and that you're going to lose if you share it. It's something that is getting bigger. Mm. Um, I think it's quite nice. Like, it's, it's a nice picture. Yeah of something that you can um, share and yeah. enhance. I think, I mean, sharing knowledge by itself is is the best thing because you not only, um, you kind of like um, share it with others, but you let others to share it as well. So you kind of like spread it. The, it's like a, um, not even a cycle, but it's kind of like a trend that you share it um, with everyone. But um, back to what we fantasize about, uh, what if, if somebody would um, share the knowledge they would have lose it in their own brain. How, what would be the um, um, the future of it? I think it would then, like for example, if you have that uh, concept of 
you share immediately knowledge, whether it's technological or by touch. Yeah. Um, the moment you take it from people, they won't want to share it anymore. Yeah. So it's actually going to become very, very precious. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that it's going to transform into like a huge business thing of like you learn stuff and then you sell them. Oh, yeah. You know, but mm -hmm. even though if you sell it, you're not going to have it anymore yourself. No, but then you learn something else. Like you spend your time learning and then selling. Yeah. You know, and all the people prefer to buy the knowledge because they want to do something else. So you would have mm -hmm. like two sides of thing. Or we can do like we can go even further into society issues and say that there might even be like people being exploited to learn something mm. so that other people can then get it. Yeah. You know, so that maybe could even be worse. I mean, I would I would love to go to now the founder of um, Tesla or um, Uber And then let's immediately look at their eyes and get the whole information and knowledge that they have in their brain and minds. And yeah. I would I would be fascinated by doing that. I, I'm wondering if then you would be able to actually use it. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you go to an expert um, and you take everything he knows about his topic or her topic, by the way. Yeah. Are you able to then really exploit it? Is your brain able to manage those information and to connect them because the fact that they are expert they grew that expertise and they connected that to everything else sure but you have it as a block that is independent than your experiences mm -hmm. so are you also getting the experience and in that case do you get a part of the person yeah. do you get the feelings do you get the emotions or are you getting like raw knowledge i think good point because what you're saying is that not everything might be knowledge Because the person might also have some experiences that they developed by time and then they put it into the knowledge. So maybe the knowledge is not everything. This could be even like a, a good output from this episode because maybe we can just think about the knowledge is not everything. And in fact, it might not be everything. I think a knowledge is a mix of information and the way you digest this information. Yeah. Um, if you just read something but you didn't have the time to reflect on it or to experience it yourself, then it's just an information. But if you let it sink in you and if you take the time to actually mm. search deeper or make that experience, then it's going to get part of yourself. What if we also could leave other people's experiences? Well, do you really want that to happen? <laughs> Not everyone. I mean, it's... It, it the good ones be... only. Yeah, but even the good ones, I think it's such a personal thing. Like you, you enter in a stage of intimacy with other people right away that is very, I think it would be too hard for most of the people. Mm -hmm. You're sharing something that is completely yours. Like it's something that no one should have access in. And I, I think the beauty also of brain and human beings that it's the only thing that no one can take from you. Yeah. Like you can break someone's body or you can like take everything away from mm -hmm. a person. But the thing that she or he has in his brain mm -hmm. is like not takeable technically. Right. Um, I think the moment you start to touch that, there's an entire, the entire perception of the body or that the relationship to human body from human beings is changing mm -hmm. because you don't have that secret garden for yourself anymore. Yeah. There is someone who is able to go there. And then that means like, If you can enter in someone's body, in someone's brain this mm. way, can you use it also for legal research? 
like if you have someone who did something mm-hmm. and you want to prove that it was him or not. Oh, okay. Can you use that? Is it okay? <laughs> it's a great is it ethical? Zone. Is it is it ethical? Yeah, probably not. Like suddenly, like but if it's a very bad crime, then is it ethical to go in there and check? It's just it's the same thing as if somebody um putting a um, um camera on your house and they're just saying that oh for a secure reason we have to monitor you. Yeah. Or you is having, it a good thing? You're having like thoughts and someone is imagine like all those things that people are sharing without um without being allowed yeah. to share like. Yeah. I'm thinking right now of, uh, for example, um, sharing pictures of other people that they didn't want you to share Correct. online. Yeah. What if you do the same with their brain, with their knowledge, mm-hmm. with their thoughts, with their insecurities? Yeah. What if you end up not having only bad pictures of yourself or private pictures of yourself online, but you end up with having your whole brain exposed there? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how... I mean, that would that would say that it's not just like a, a hand contact that is sharing the information, but really like a, it's a technological thing that happened. You know, it's not organic because then we would be putting it on, I don't know, USB sticks or on mm-hmm. hard drives or on computers or online. But that is scaring me yeah. because these initial ideas we had when we thought about that topic was how cool would it be? To share knowledge, like to be able to learn something, like I learn something, you learn something, and then we can share share it, we can exchange. So mm. we would be like twice as fast and we could yeah. learn even more. But that ends up being in a lot yeah. of gray zones. But now we ended up talking about actually the importance of privacy for the person and that knowledge. Yeah. And it's kind of like a scary because um I think um it's like a human nature of abusing mm-hmm. what they get. And obviously it could be used in a good way, but I think, as you said, there will be a lot of abusements of how to use it. Those uh, privacy that the person had in their brain, in their mind and knowledge. But what if, if it could only filter the knowledge, like get the know-how of a person into our brain immediately? So just the competency without anything else yeah no no background no experience no how the person grew up no not nothing so you Just wouldn't know how you learned it or you wouldn't know um why you understood that this was working better than this other thing for example but you would know how to do it yeah for example let's think a, a teacher uh, when a teacher um give a lecture mm-hmm. he or she doesn't provide um her story or his story or background it's just talking about the concept and basically the agenda of the class about certain topics. I don't agree with that. The moment you start to teach, you are actually trying on your class or among the, like with the years, you're trying on different people what works the best. You're storytelling something. And you adapt also the way you say it, depending on the crowd you have in front of Mm -hmm. you. And the amount of details you want to give it, depending on the level of expertise from those people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and also from the time you have, for example. And all those criterias are stuff that you learn by doing it. Right. And you can, that would be an option to say, but that person is going to get that knowledge. But even if you get that knowledge, you still need to build on because it's a constant learn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And would it be possible then to be sharing constantly knowledge? Like remotely, 
<laughs> for example, we're connected and you're a teacher and you learn all those things about how to bring an in information the best way to certain crowds. But isn't isn't Arvin doing it with a, a remote um, teaching? No, but I mean I mean for example, if you are a teacher, yeah. I'm connected to your brain 24 hours, 7 days a week. Okay. And when you teach, I get that secondary information about your crowd at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, while you are with little kids in room saying like talking about your topic, mm. I learn how those little kids react at that specific age. Okay. And when you are teaching in a university, I learn how those people, students, being like 22, 23, for example, are reacting to the same topic. Mm -hmm. So I have the secondary information, the right. more soft skill about it mm -hmm. as well. That would be crazy because you would get not only the hard knowledge, but you would get the, the whole delicate things yeah. as well, you know, from, from human beings, yeah. basically. And the soft skills as well. Yeah. But is it not also, again, then goes um, back to the um, privacy? Um, do they really want to expose that? Or are we allowed to even gain those um, little knowledge, mm -hmm. including experiences, um, how a person's everyday life looks like and how do they react? Are they not exposing everything? Because when we're talking about only the knowledge, let's say a, a, a physics teacher only talk about physics and then we get the knowledge about it, but they don't know how they react at home, that person. But now in this way, if you will be connecting to them 24-7, we will also know how they will interact with their children, how he or she will interact with the partner, etc. Maybe it would be possible to just like filtrate whenever you talk about that specific topic, then you are sharing or okay, you keywords. activate it. You activate and deactivate it. And, but I think even though that would be like, if, let's say you can filtrate it and you can decide as the one sharing your knowledge, mm. when you want to share and when you don't want to share. I think even in that specific situation, you still have your own internal history that is playing a role. Yeah. Even if you're not aware of it. I think the unconscious part of us, like the subconscious is still working with any situation we are living in. Mm -hmm. So if you're a teacher and you're reacting to something in your class, you are reacting this way because of your whole history as a human being. But I have a different history, so I would react differently. Yeah. Isn't it destroying my perception or my even my personality my personality <laughs> if if I start to react the way you would react in that situation? Yeah. So I lose my own identity, identity yeah. by copying and reproducing your identity. Mm. So why are you saying that we essentially become robots, that they're copying each other, knowledge and personality, and then we ended up having like similar human being uh, Probably. all over the world, while at the moment the whole advantage of human race is they are differentiated and they are unique one by one. Yeah. And otherwise, we will be replicating each other. Yeah, I think that experiences are really shaping one's identity. And the mm. moment you start to share those experiences, it's not just sharing as we do it nowadays of talking about it, trying to open dialogues about some even complicated topics yeah. and, and have more understanding for each other. It's really like that copy-pasting. Yeah. Like your experience becomes mine in a way that I cannot differentiate it for from my experience anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the tricky part, because if you can still say, okay, but that was his experience, mm. 
And I know it. And I know that my brain is able to say in that situation, even though he reacted that that way, I would react another way. Right. That is still fine. You keep your identity. But the moment you start to think, and I think that you cannot really sh control that thing. The moment you start to think, what if I would react this way rather than my way? Mm -hmm. Because it's less painful. It's better. Like, I prefer it, even though I would never have thought of reacting this way if I didn't see it in your brain. Yeah. I think then you have a conflict of... Uh, identity changing i think it's quite interesting because when we discuss about this idea and this topic we thought oh it's super cool yeah. what if this could happen but now when we're really analyzing the layers we're like oh snap maybe it's not even the best thing to do because yeah. it's just gonna not work out i have the thing that the main interest in all of that um for normal people let's say like you and me mm. would be just to be faster at learning yeah I'm not necessarily sure that is a good idea because I think that a big part of learning is the time that you spend on it as well. And how you learn it personally, because I might yeah. learn different than you. Yeah, but I, I like even like also the time, I think you need to mature some information. Mm. You cannot like just take everything at once and be like, okay. I mean, if they are harmless knowledges, then why not? But most of them are, the moment you start to have a knowledge, it's life-changing. You have some topics that are really life-changing. Yeah. And even if it's just physics, there that is putting theories in your brain that you never thought about before. Mm. And it's modifying your perception of your environment. Yeah. That can I think that can be hard on the brain and on the identity okay. if it's at once. Yeah. I think you need that time to process information one by one. And I had something else and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> like that happens a lot to me. Yeah. Um, okay, but um, let's actually come up with an um, answer to the question that we wanted to discuss in the beginning. So is it actually something that's happening? Sorry. Yeah. I please. found it. Go I ahead. think the one thing that would be interesting with that system is for transmitting information from mm. generation to generation. Right. So that, let's say, at the end of a generation's life, they actually put that knowledge in the younger generation but there's always a constant generation yeah but i mean like for example you can historically speaking you can say for example that the one who experienced the second world war are a different generation than ours yeah and now almost all of them who like all of the people like, who experienced it as adults mm -hmm. are already died dead yeah and we lost a lot of knowledge and a lot of experiences because no one asked early enough Mm -hmm, sure. The wound was so big that no one wanted to talk about that after the Second World War. Yeah, yeah. And by the time they were actually ready to talk about it, most of them were dead. Yeah. If we had had such a technology, we could have at least stored them, mm -hmm. like put them. Yeah, somewhere. Then you have that whole ethical thing again. Like, do people who experience traumatism really want it to be stored somewhere mm -hmm. and shared later? That's a whole other topic. But I'm just saying that on a human perspective. Humanity is going forward as long as it's taking history in account. Sure. And they made it, that experience in psychology in America where they actually didn't teach psychological history anymore mm. uh, to psychology students. They just told them, make your own... Um, that was not psychology, that was philosophy. Sorry. Okay. Uh, instead of teaching philosophy history, mm -hmm. they said... Um, 
try to make your own philosophical concept. And they realized that they were looping. Mm. Like they are coming back to concepts that were already discovered thousands of years ago because they didn't know of them. But if you know already all those concepts, then you can have it as a base to go further. So I think somehow the humanity is doing it already. Like we keep history because we can only base our future research on something that was already discovered and something that we tried already. If you have to start from zero for each new generation, we're never going forward. Um, So talking about the pros and cons of it now, to conclude the topic, is it something that we want to see in the future? Is it something that really would be nice to happen or not? I would still be interested in seeing how we could make it work. Okay. For certain topics. Because now, when we talk talk about it, I believe that it should be happening in certain topics. It's like now the security that is inbound with the governmental control. That they say that, oh, it's for your own safety that we know everything about you. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. I'm just really talking about from human being to human being without any law aspect in it or legal things. But do you think it will... Go ahead without any law. No, of course not. Yeah. But that's the trick. I think it would make things way more complicated on some stuff, but it could also really ease some others. Yeah. And again, like that generation knowledge transmission could be absolutely amazing. And at the same time, you have the same questions like, can you, like, if you're not able to take knowledge from someone who's like 40 and learned about physics, at once, mm. are you able to take knowledge and traumatism from a lifetime at once? Yeah. And possibly from an entire generation? Yeah. Probably not. Exactly. But maybe we would find technology where we can not necessarily have those things in our own brain, but have a technological instrument where we can put those as a common brain. Yeah. That could be an option. Yeah. Instead of having everything in your own brain. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's an interesting topic um, to discuss. We, we kind of like analyzed it quite a bit and found um, really interesting stuff. Um, also, if you're listening to this um, episode, let us know what would happen if um, we had an immediate um, knowledge exchange. What is your perspective? What do you think about it? And um, so as we discussed in, in these um, podcast series, we're going to analyze what ifs. So if you have some interesting topic, um, let us know and we'll definitely discuss about it. Any last words, Clara? I just hope you enjoyed. Oh, yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Same. Then um, we're looking forward for the next episode and see you next time. Bye.